welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Life Instructions Not Included, the podcast where we try to find all these missing pieces to make your lives and our lives feel a little bit more normal. Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to spark conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think. But before we get into today's topic, let's do our daily check-in. I know normally when we do our check-in, we usually talk about what we've been up to in the past week or weekend, um, but we never actually talk about how we feel or how we are doing. So I do want to do it a little differently for this episode. Um, So you can still feel free to talk about your week, how you've, you know, what you've been up to, but on an emotional level, I want to know where you're at. So how's it going? Um, it's, It's going well. You know, last weekend was good. My cousin got married. That's exciting. Congratulations, your cousin. Yep. Um, Shout out to BJ and Joanne. And that was fun. We were around Lake Union. And then we went down to Lake Washington, I think. I was kind of buzzing by the time, like, we left Lake Union. I don't know where we were at. And How do you get from Lake Union to Lake Washington? Through the, I think it's called the Cut. The Cut? Is that by, like, UW? Yeah, by UW, where they do the rowing races. Yes, um, okay. Races. And so we had that. Um, Sunday was pretty chill. My Friday was pretty chill. And I think that Saturday, yes, it was the wedding. So Saturday, uh, I had like maybe two or three drinks at the wedding. Uh-huh. Only two or three. And I was on a good little bus. Met up with my boy Vince, and then we met up with Jason and Michelle. That's not a lot for a wedding. Oh, no, Just... I know. I stopped. Okay. So Because it was an open bar, okay. and I didn't want to keep paying for drinks. I spent... And that's okay. I spent maybe $60 at that point already. Bought my grandpa a drink, bought my aunt a couple drinks, and then a okay. drink, and I bought myself a few. And by the time I got to my third drink, it was already time to get off the boat anyways. Oh. Okay. So I guess regardless of whether I wanted it or not, I wouldn't have gotten it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I only had like two or three drinks, and then I went out with Vince, Jason, and Sam. We went to a local bar in downtown Renton called The Local. Yes. You know, where I get the yes. nachos. The local and 907. Local 907, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we've been there a couple times. And so Vince ordered a drink. He got me a drink, and I couldn't drink it anymore. Like, I drank halfway, and I was like, yeah, this is too much. So that's only four oh. drinks, which is a lot less than what I normally drink, which yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah. But I felt shitty already. Oh. And I think that was a sign. Like, I want to chill. Yes. I want to recover, allow my liver to recover. Oh, damn. I think I've been, like, fucked up for the past two or three weekends, and it's really catching up. So, I'm, I'm okay, you guys. I'm not Sounds an alcoholic. Like you're recovering. <laughs> I'm recovering. recovering alcoholic. The terms Hi. you're using. Hi, I'm Dante. <laughs> Hi, Dante. Hi, Dante. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I think that was, like, a wake-up call where I, I kind of want to chill. That week, the Kehlani weekend. Yeah. And the weekend prior... I did something before that, I think, or after that, but that was just way too much. And, and yeah, I don't know. Now I feel good. And I'm, the week after. Or the week after? You know. Um, oh, that was the block party in Georgetown. Yeah. The Macho Man thing. Yeah, so I think it was those those two weekends or three weekends that really caught up to me. And now, yeah. you know, I'm feeling a lot better, rejuvenated, back on, like, my health tip a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now I just need to figure out where um, or when I'm going to start my workout. Again, you know, because I got to get back on that workout regimen because I'm finally cleared to grab weights with my right hand. Nice. Oh, side note. So I was editing last night 
uh-huh. uh, one of the episodes, and this was like right after I jammed my finger, right? Okay. And so in the episode, we started off where you were asking me like, oh shit, what's wrong with your hand? Uh-huh. I'm like, it's jammed. Remember from, from softball? And you're like, oh, Was it oh. swollen? It was, sw- or, it was okay. really swollen because I think I was showing it to you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that doesn't look good. Yeah. And so you're like, are you going to get that checked out? And, and so my response was like, no, why would I get it checked out? Last time I broke my hand, they just put a splint on it and let me go. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Perform surgery? Yeah. <laughs> so like a couple of days later after that, course my finger turns purple and what do they do what do they say you get it checked out yeah and you needed surgery they're like i need surgery i need surgery so that's hilarious that was actually pretty funny to go back on that episode and, and listen I told to that you, it did not look well it was pretty bad it's like when your arm is broken you're like my arm's not broken i'm okay yeah, exactly <laughs> it was like that but for those of you that are concerned um my hand is okay i had my last x-ray today and I'm actually feeling a lot better knowing that the doctors are okay with where I'm at. Um, okay. They, like, like full flexibility back? Oh, hell no. Not full okay. range of motion. It's just that the stage that I'm at, it's kind of expected to be at this point. Okay. Um, but they do want to see faster recovery after the next couple of weeks. And we're going to check back in in December. Hopefully, I'm a lot closer to normal. And, and you don't need a better. second surgery. And I don't. Because I know that was like a, a possibility. Yeah, that was a possibility. Second surgery just to like loosen up some of the scar tissue. Gosh. So I'm hoping everything's okay. And, you know, looking at looking at things from a brighter point of view. You got a gnarly scar there. Yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> I usually tell people I got sliced in a bar fight. Um, uh-huh. By myself. Because I broke though. the glass myself <laughs> and I sliced my hand on the broken oh, glass. No. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. It's weird that it's taking this long. I've never been injured where it takes this long and you can actually feel it. Like, feel like the, mechanically? Um, yeah, mechanically. Like, you can actually feel like, you hear your, the, like your joints or something. When I move it, I can hear the crunch a little bit in the knuckles. But other than that, you know, where I could feel tendons like really trying to pull and they're just stuck. That's weird. The muscles are really trying to work. And it's crazy because when you do any other movements, it's like, you don't really pay attention like, oh, my, my quads or my biceps are really trying to lift this weight. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, the weight's heavy. Yeah. And with this, it's like, no, it's really trying to pull down on my finger on the joint. Or at least that's what I'm paying attention so to. So what have you been doing for, like, PT, like, stress balls? Um, I, don't, I don't even know. Hey, are you a PT what? now? Mm-hmm. Occupational therapist? Did you take that up over the weekend? I'm a PT, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so... so Stress balls, um, that's one thing. I don't, I don't I, use those, but I have a sponge that you're supposed to grip. I have putty. You just work on, like, molding. Maybe a bowl of rice. No, nah, it's too soft. Oh, okay. The bowl of rice. So really just trying to get these two joints to move. So it's the tip of the finger and then the middle knuckle of the finger. Well, just move at each joint, pretty mm-hmm. much. And there's just different strategies. I'm stretching, grabbing stuff, holding on to bars, rolling bars, so... Yeah. yeah, just a long process. Um, you're a little bit of an overachiever because you were already playing. What do you play softball? Yeah, like, well, I was for back. The I was past, out there like month. I was out there or so. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> so, actually, since you're, we're talking about how we feel. Yes. That was weird. So last week, uh, last week I had my last softball game. I'm out on the field and like on the drive there, I was like, no, I'm not feeling this. And I think usually it gets me around this time of year because we're going for the transition of summer, mm-hmm. which is my favorite season yeah. of the year, going into fall, which is my second favorite season. But I don't okay. like the transition 
because you know you go to long nights here in the northwest yeah. we get the sun sets at like what almost 11 sometimes in the summertime yeah in the summertime yeah almost okay. 11 and then yeah, now I say that late we're not like alaska really maybe like 9 30 10 p.m oh <laughs> i feel like it's been later than that before but anyways we go from that and then yeah. now the sun's setting at like seven yeah right Six thirty-seven. yeah and it happens so drastically that it's like, yeah. shit, should I be asleep right now? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like or it. Or like my day's getting shorter. I already have to start pre- prepping for the end already. Prepping for the end of the day. Oh, I thought you were talking about the end of life. <laughs> oh my, no, so morbid. <laughs> no, um, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I feel it, especially with like the weather. Mm-hmm. Actually, hold on. This October has been really nice. I still feel like it's a little bit of summer. We went to um, Kulon Beach Park over the weekend, and it was like a party out there. Like, people were barbecuing, uh, people were swimming, people were, like, blasting their music. And I was like, okay, it's still summertime in the Pacific Northwest. It was, like, a good feel. What? Can I just point out that you said Kulon Beach Park? What is it? Kulon? Kulon. Well, I guess I'm saying it for like the people who are not familiar. Oh, okay. Because can you just be like, oh, I'm going to Kulon and and maybe someone listening on the East Coast, Midwest, wherever you are, down the West Coast, yeah. and they're like, what did she say? Kulon? That's, a, you know, yeah. like, what's Kulon? So I, I feel like I had to add that in for those who are not from the Seattle or like familiar with the Renton yeah. area. Yeah, you looked at me like I was crazy. I almost thought like, did I pronounce it? I thought it was like a North End thing that like North Seattle, like when you guys come down to no, 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 no. Right, it's just like oh yeah, Kulon no. Beach Park, or no, no, some no, people no. say Jean Kulon. My grandparents used to say that all the time. Oh, Jean, because I think it yeah. is called Jean Kulon Park. But like same thing, if I were like oh, we went to Golden Gardens, I would say Golden Gardens. I don't want to be like Golden Gardens Beach Park, but maybe for the podcast I would okay. for just you know, you know. Okay. 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 Anyways. <laughs> um. Cool. You know, funny that you mentioned about, like, your recovering alcoholic journey Mm -hmm. and all that. Just kidding. But um, that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to have this shift from, like, what have we been doing lately to, like, how we're actually feeling. Oh, my God. Are you okay? No, I'm not. Okay. So, wait. wait, I have a question for you, and we'll we'll get into this and, and why, but... I did have a quick question for you. So, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how are you feeling? Like, 10 being, like, really good, happy, and then 1 being, like, you know. I'm at, like, an 8. 8 seven, out of eight. 10. Yeah. Well, That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think that this morning, having a talk with one of my clients. Yeah. You know, she is actually one of the people that I surveyed before the podcast. So I run through some of the questions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with her just to see what her response is and some of my other clients because, you know, multiple perspectives are important. But she gave me some insight and I'll talk about it a little bit later. But, you know, it made the day just a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, You know, I woke up feeling good. Woke up at 4.30 today. Mm -hmm. Um, Fell back asleep. 4.30? Yeah, then I fell back asleep. Then I woke up at 5. (laughs) And I actually got out of bed at 5. Okay. But got, you know, cleaned up, showered, made breakfast, coffee, and... It yeah. just felt like a good day, even yes. though it was dark outside. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate waking up when it's still dark. I will say, like, I did leave the house a little bit in, like, a chaotic state. Um, but I got that call from you saying that your client was, like, insightful this morning. 
and I could tell you were in a good mood, so it like put me in a good mood. Okay. And uh, I mean, like positivity radiates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so seven eight, or eight out of ten, like that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Because I'll go into what my number is, <laughs> and um, so right now I was thinking about this last night. I'm at like a four out of ten, which. Seems pretty low, but also for me, like, if I'm okay, if I'm content, if I'm just, like, happy with where I'm at, I think I'll strive for, like, a 5 out of 10. Your face is, like, you're, okay. like, what? But, well, like, I guess but I don't like, know if, what content means for people. Like, I don't... Because content to me is, like, low. Okay. Like, if I'm just chilling and mm, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Go and ahead. And, like, your range or whatever of content is different from my content, yeah, right? for sure. But I mean, like... Like, everything is good in life. Everything's peachy keen. Um, that's a five? Hold on. Yeah, I would be like, I'm a five. And that's, because, hold on. So, for me, I feel like a good range is, like, a five to six, five to seven. Only because, for me, anything eight or higher on this happiness scale, if you will, our, our broken happiness scale, that's, like, exhausting to me. Would you agree? I mean, if I'm if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm at a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten, that's like your high energy, kind of like high off of life. Mm-hmm. So I am not there right now, and so four out of ten because this moving transition has been difficult um, for not just me but for my kids too. Um, you know, we left our little home oasis back in the Tri Cities, and just to move under someone else's roof. Um, when we have been so set in our ways for the last year and having no control, or I'm sorry, not having no control, but not having full control is just being, is a little bit challenging right now. Another reason why, and you kind of touched on this a little earlier, is because I have drank more alcohol this past month than I have in the last two years combined. Okay, which is like crazy to me. It's mind blown to me. So I might just be really excited to be back living in the city, catching up on lost times with friends, which might be why I've been going going out so much. But I'm just not proud of my alcohol cons- consumption. And I do recognize that this is out of character for me. Would you agree? Hi, Michelle. Welcome. <laughs> I mean, would you agree? My cousins are like, dang, you're wild and out. And I'm like, I don't like this. If I were to look back at the times when I've seen you like drink oh this much. Oh, God. And I'm, I'm scared of what and you're going to say. Look, so I'm only looking at the times from like when you, when you became a mother, right? Uh-huh. Um, well, <laughs> we, we didn't talk too much when they were first born. But in the past few years, I would say, no, it, it's fitting. But not like it's, it's not bad. Cause think about it. When you come to Seattle all the time, oh. um, you always want to go out. You always want to have a good time. And you know now it's almost kind of like the same thing. Catching up with people. So many people are available, but you didn't have this type of availability when you're out in Eastern Washington. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I say because I'm analyzing it that way. Mm-hmm. Where this is something I would expect because when you do come here, mm-hmm. you're always trying to go out and meet with people. Uh, yeah. So okay. you alcoholic maybe. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. not. I'm, like, definitely not dependent. Okay, and then another reason why that I'm going to put out there, and I've been struggling with this this past week, is, like, I'm trying to work on gaining my independence back. So I've been a stay-at-home mom now for two years, and I kind of feel like I've lost a sense of self. I recently saw a video, 
and maybe other moms or parents out there listening can connect with this, but I recently saw a video out there that said, don't make being a mom your entire personality and don't lose your identity and motherhood. And that stuck with me because of course I love my children. I very much enjoy being their mom and I very much enjoy my time that I've spent with them at home um, the last two years because that's what I wanted. I wanted to spend more time with them during their younger years in life. But now, just at this point in stage in my life, like I'm ready to get back into the workforce and in a sense, gain back my, my independence and do something for me. Again, you know, she, who she was before she was a mom, can't forget her, um, but just to like be a better version of myself so I can be a better version for my children. You know what I mean? I like it. So that is where I'm at. Nice. I feel like I had to just like put that out there. Welcome, Michelle. <laughs> we accept you. <laughs> okay, that's awesome, though. That's awesome. I think that gaining your sense of identity is really important, or at least retrieving your sense of identity yeah. if you felt like you lost it. Yeah. It's so hard, though, because definitely I think the older generation, and I'm thinking about, like, my parents, they might not get that. They might not understand that. You know, it's like once you have kids, like you're a mom, you should be home with your kids, you should be taking care of your kids, and, like, it's on you. While here, I'm like, yes, I hear you, and yes, I want to be that and provide that for my children, but at the same time, it's like, can I get a break? Also different ideologies, because I think that, you know, different generations yeah. growing up, like, that's kind of what their identity is. I mean, you, there's a mm-hmm. possibility mm-hmm. to be more. Yeah, It's kind of the same way for people that believe that a woman should have children, Mm-hmm. A man should do certain things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. if that's not their specific identity for what they believe, like yeah. how they believe their identity should be, then mm-hmm. that's not for them, you sure. know. But as long as you have an idea of what you want your identity to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be the most important thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I've just been kind of working through that. So, with all that being said, like in the scheme of things, my life is still really good. And I recognize that I'm very fortunate and I'm grateful, you know, for everything and all that I have in my life. But I do need to ask the question, like, why do humans tend to focus more on the negatives than the positives in life? Because I am, like, very much guilty of this. So, which brings us to our topic today. And the answer to that question lies within the negativity bias. Okay? Um, so... Alright, so I'll explain what negativity <laughs> bias is. What okay, is negativity so bias? Negativity bias, if we're going to keep it simple, it's pretty much when you... A good example would be if you get a negative and positive information relayed to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter who's giving it to you, how many people are passing down the information, you're just getting negative and positive stimuli, stimuli yeah. or stimulus, right? So people tend to be more accepting or receptive of these negative impressions... And, might, mm-hmm. uh, and they tend to dwell on these negative impressions and disregard the positive that might have been said at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Like, for example, bad news mm-hmm. um, will stick out more to us than positive or good news. Yep. Because there's been so much of that lately, especially in the last couple of years, right? And I'll mention something about the bad news thing, too. It's kind of okay. It's interesting. There are a few studies out, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I do want to highlight, like, why is this topic so important or why it it does matter. Um, 
I think it is very important to be aware of our negativity bias because this tendency for us to think negatively affects us more than we think, like more than we even know it. Negativity bias affects our relationships with our loved ones. Um, it clouds our judgment to making poor decisions or senseless decisions. And uh, we have like a pessimistic outlook on life, right? I mean, I mentioned earlier, like when you called me this morning about your client having like insightful news and you were positive, like I said, positivity radiates. And so if you think negatively, you're just going to have a negative outlook on life. That's true. Especially if you tend to dwell on it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I don't think that negativity bias is... Well, I guess the way that we're going to talk about it today is when someone dwells on it, right? I do think that recepting, uh, the reception of negative information is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's crazy is that they say it starts as early as three months, right? Or it can start as early as three months. Very when, early. And infants, you know, they will respond with facial expressions depending on the type of stimulus, whether it's good or bad, right? And it's also thought that back in the day, you know, during hunter-gatherer times. Is that right? Hunter-gatherer? Yeah. Yeah, so during those times, they would rely on this negative stimulus for survival. Mm-hmm. So these things are really important for growth and development because um, how else are you going to know how to improve yourself or how to survive yeah. in the wild without anything that's negative out there to tell you you're doing something wrong, right? Or you need to be mm-hmm. warned by something. But I think yes. that, you know, this day and age is tough because... Most people, when they get negative data, they tend to think that there's something wrong with them. And I think one issue is that if the negative data is presented first, they're going to take that in rather than taking in any of the positive information that they're going to receive. So, like, if someone's going to give you a compliment, but then they're going to tell you, like, well, let's say they're going to tell you, oh, you're not doing something right, and then they're going to try Mm -hmm. to compliment you after, Mm -hmm. most people would probably take in that negative information and say, well, fuck, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do it right? And that falls mm-hmm. back on anchoring bias, which um, that's typically with decision-making, but I, I think it kind of fall, falls under the same category. You know, with anchoring bias, we are usually susceptible to taking in information that is first presented to us, and then we will make decisions based on that information. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of anchoring bias. But, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with news. If you're presented negative news from the very beginning, you're going to mm-hmm. take on that negative news first, and I think in society, at least in the U.S., mm-hmm. our society, if you go on the news, it really is all negative. The only positive stuff I see in the news mm-hmm. is about animals or the weather when it's sunny outside. But other than that, I don't really see anything positive mm. on the news. You know what I thought about when you're talking about receiving negative stimuli first before positive? So if someone has like, I have good news or bad news, which one do you want first? Yes. You should always go with them, the bad news. I mean, sorry, we should always go with the good news first. Yeah. Receive the good news first and then say, however, or but, X, Y, Z. And maybe it'll soften the blow. That's what I'm thinking. Possibly. Well, I think so because I had a one-on-one meeting with my boss. And I'm not going to go into detail how I feel about the situation. A lot of us at this job feel the same about Mm -hmm. my boss. But he did it where he was like, I'm going to give you the good news first. Mm-hmm. You are going to get the raise uh-huh. and this is what you do good. But then we're going to go talk about the bad stuff. Okay. And I think he might've been coached on that. So that way 
his employees don't have this negative impression of him yeah. or think badly about him mm-hmm. or, ha- or just have bad intentions aimed towards him, right? Mm-hmm. But I think people are starting to do that now where they do want to give the good news first so people don't dwell on anything bad that's happening. I can see that. I mean, you mentioned our brain does react stronger to um, stronger to negative stimuli um, compared to positive stimuli. In short, you said something like that. Okay. Um, which is true. So I can see that. Well, now that's what I'll like do moving forward. <laughs> well, it's tough. Is like even though we react, you got to figure out how to turn that into a positive, and that's the tough thing. Yeah. Right? So one of my clients made a good point that she said. She believes that the way people react to negative information is based on how you were raised, which I, I definitely do agree. Uh-huh. And if you think about it, you know, if you're raising a household where you're like encouraged to take in the information and see how you could do better, then you're probably going to mm-hmm. grow up that way saying, oh, no, I could have done better. Um, yeah. I could have done this faster. Maybe I could have done it this way and it would have it yeah. looked better or whatever it is. But if you're raised in a, uh, in a household where... They're like, oh, why aren't you doing this right? Mm-hmm. How come you can't get it? Ooh. Then you're going to always think there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And sure. that falls back into trauma. Absolutely. So that's the tough thing to distinguish. Like, where does this come from? How do you deal with it? Yeah. And how do you break that cycle so that way you don't always have a negative yes. mindset when you're going into things? It's so true because, okay, so the talking about the first part, like, it makes me think of my parenting style if my child... Um, has a negative experience with something, I will always try and flip it and be like, okay, but, you know, this good thing happened and we should be thankful for that. And then I might think about how my, I was raised by my parents and my dad was always maybe on the worriers, wor- worrier, not warrior, warrier side. Oh. Like, like he tends to... <laughs> not, golden, not Golden State, <laughs> not Golden State. <laughs> no, like, and not just my dad, but like my parents, they tend to worry mm-hmm. more than see the, uh, see the other side of things or the positive light of things, right? And so maybe I, I get that from them, which is, I want to talk about my personal experience with negativity bias and like as an overthinker, my imagination can run wild. So if I have one negative thought I and I start to think badly, I may even blow it up out of proportion. And my thoughts then start to ruminate. And before I know it, I've created this whole scenario in my mind that's not even true, which is crazy because that's based off of one negative thought. And so... The unfortunate thing is, like, it's super exhausting to think this way. It is super harmful to my real relationship. And again, it's not even, like, my truth. So why is it harmful? Because these negative thoughts then become my beliefs and therefore affects my decision-making. And this thought, this negative thought is now what I think to be true. I guess this is why I try not to make assumptions these days anymore because I have one negative thought and then all of a sudden I have this scenario in my head and I run with it and then that's now my truth but it's my truth only and it's not even like the truth in this world (laughs) okay I think I'll follow like it's like I mean you mentioned earlier kind of like dwelling like I just dwell on it yeah but I just remember at some point like a negative thought is just a negative thought and it it should stop there Mm -hmm. it's almost like when people 
assume that someone's talking about them behind their back or whatever. Oh, yeah, and then it spirals. But yeah, but in reality, no one's saying anything about you. Yeah, or it just stops right there, you know. How else do I experience negativity bias? I think about how I process negativity versus how my husband processes negativity, which is completely opposite. So say I get, like, some bad piece of information, and I'm like... I'm like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely not. And I'm like, I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. My husband, on the other hand, will react to it. And he'll just be like, okay. He'll kind of shrug and be like, okay. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean, okay? How do you feel about it? And I'm trying to, like, pry these emotions out of him just because I feel so strongly about it. Yeah. But in his head, he's like, he's already processed it. And he's... He's not letting the negative information get to him, and he's he's already, like, moved past it. Yeah. Like, yes, it's still there, and yes, he'll keep it in mind. Again, this is, like, my perception of it, but he's, yeah, he's over it, and I will just say I could definitely learn a thing or two from my husband yeah. on, like, being calm with my reactions. Mm-hmm. the way you're telling that story made me think of like a glass half empty versus half full type situation because you said that you won't let the negative information get to him right yeah he doesn't now from my perspective Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm willing to let the negative information get to me Mm -hmm. so that way i can figure out one is this important Uh uh-huh is this important information for me to get better? Mm-hmm. Two, how do I take this information and do better the next time? Mm-hmm. And then three, yep. do I have to hold on to this information to mm-hmm. reflect later on? Or is it something I just need to dismiss and get mm-hmm. over? Right? So, yeah. I mean, that's where I would allow it to get to me. There are mm-hmm. certain occasions where I'm definitely like, fuck, I've dwelled on this for way too long. Long enough. Way too fucking long. <laughs> so, for instance, sports, right? This is what's actually weird, you know, if I get a negative stimulus or if I receive it on my own. Okay. If no one comes to me and tells me that I'm doing something wrong, but I've perceived that I've done something wrong on Mm -hmm. my own, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to say, okay, well, I need to do this differently and that differently, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if someone gives me this information where I'm doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. it depends on how it's given to me. So let's say for basketball, right? If someone were to tell me, Basketball is a really easy one where I've dwelled on this shit for like months. Damn. So this is the pandemic. Uh, we're playing at a local local gym in White Center. Okay. And come in first two games. I'm like, oh cool, like I can still make some shots, got some good layups in. And then after that, I was like, oh for ten every day. Mm-hmm. Didn't make anything. Had a few turnovers. Couldn't play defense. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like mm-hmm. playing shitty. And my first thought is. Uh, don't mind that, you guys. That's a, uh, <laughs> what is that? Garbage truck, baby? Probably. We're back in this library <laughs> room. We didn't explain that. But but anyway, so, yeah, I, was, I had a bunch of turnovers. And, like, my first thought was, like, fuck, these guys think I'm bad yeah. at basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And this falls under performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. which is probably another topic we'll talk about at some point. But, you know, I let that negative, that idea of this negative uh, perception of me get mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I get anxious while playing. My shoulders get tight. 
I can't function well on the court. And then it just trickled down all the way for almost a whole year. And this whole time I'm like, they think I'm, they think I suck. They think I can't play. I don't want to go out there and play. Maybe I should do better. But I didn't process it in a way where I'm like, how should I play better next time? Mm -hmm. What should I do? But I noticed with baseball, with softball, Mm -hmm. I haven't swung a bat in a long time. Yeah. Playing softball was completely different because you have to be patient. The ball's not coming at you as fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not hitting it as hard as I want to. I'm mm-hmm. not hitting it in the spots that I want to. My first thought is that, okay, well, Dante, like, maybe turn the hips this way. Sit back a little bit. Don't get under it. Drive through the ball. Mm-hmm. And I was coaching myself to do better. Yeah. And that was when no one said anything to me. Uh-huh. So now I'm at the point in my life where I have to figure out, how am I going to accept feedback from people? Yeah. And should I call it positive or negative? You know? And I'm trying to establish any type of feedback to be positive if it could help me get better. It's only negative if they don't have anything positive to add to it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, interesting because... One, with basketball, mm-hmm. they're just worried, like, oh, shoot, I'm not performing well, so they don't think I'm a good player. Yeah. Opposed to softball, you're a little easier on yourself. Like, softball, baseball, well, yeah, a little bit easier on myself. You're easier on yourself than you are with basketball. Oh, I yeah. realize that. And I think it's also because when you're playing basketball, people talk a lot of shit, right? Sure. So there is one, I remember one time, what, I'm driving towards the baseline, I stopped, pivoted, and I did like a quarter spin and I shot it called it off glass too off the Uh backboard made the shot Mm -hmm. his game winning shot and dude was like oh that's a fucking lucky shot Mm. I'm like he didn't say that to me he Uh walked off and I heard it I was like the fuck like Uh I've been practicing this shot ever since I was in middle school like Mm -hmm. that's my shot that I do all the time Uh and they like people will call it out on the court like because they I do it a lot Uh and so then my teammate comes up to me he's like oh I knew you had it in you I knew you had it in you and I'm like Mm -hmm fuck is that supposed to mean even though it's a positive comment i took that as a negative one as if like oh you think i could have made it Uh and then the other guy was like see you just gotta be you just gotta be um you have to be confident when you shoot like like is something coming off wrong like i'm just not Hmm. playing the way i want to play right now and so i took all that news and dwelled on it rather than try to figure out how am i going to get better yeah right and so i used to do that with work I used to do that with family, with friends. If someone says something negative, um, even though it might be constructive criticism, yeah. it's not relayed back to me the way that I would want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way that I'm, you know, one thing I need to focus on is just understanding that people relay information differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah. yeah, your friend could have had, like, your, uh, the friend who made the comment, I knew you had it in you. That's like a positive comment to me, but you chose to focus on the negative, like the negative sounding of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, which again just goes back to like, we should try and reframe our our thinking. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, We're both a work in progress. I think we're all a work in progress and that's what this podcast is about. (laughs) Us all working together. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mentioned earlier with... I was kind of talking about with like parenting styles and how I was raised. And you mentioned earlier how some of this can stem from how we were, um, how we were raised, how we were raised. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) But 
I want to say like I I do use my negativity bias as a form of survival, so I can better prepare for a moment. Okay. Because sometimes I think like, okay, if it can go wrong, then it might go wrong. Mm -hmm. And if it does go wrong, I want to be prepared for that moment, right? So this might look like me being on high alert in my surroundings, um, especially if I'm with my my children or being overly cautious when my children are with me. Um, But it can also, on the simple side of things, look like me overpacking my diaper bag because because in, in case the baby has like a blowout or two, I'm going to have a change of clothes for that moment. And I even used to have like an extra change of clothes for me in case the baby had a blowout. Do you know what a blowout? Yes. Okay, okay. You're, I've, you're, never, <laughs> I've never changed them. I'm good. I don't think I'm you've good. even... Have you changed a diaper before? No. Nah. Besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> next, um, next topic. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And it doesn't yeah. matter. But I mean, like, so negativity bias can work in our favor. Sometimes it can work against us, mm-hmm. right? All right. So, I mean, all of that to say and to put... To kind of, like, close out today's topic... We should, and I guess I'm thinking how to balance our negative thinking and positive thinking. We should stop the negative self-talk and start focusing on the positive. So reframing our, reframing our thoughts, essentially. I think it is so important to just be aware of our negativity bias um, so we cannot have that affect us so much. It's kind of the no better, do better, right? So now you're aware of the negative like, let's flip it back around and focus on focus on the positives. So I do want to add to that, though. So, like, when having negative self-talk, a lot of people talk about self-talk, like, how are you performing your appearance, your productivity, everything just about yourself. The way to combat that is going through a stage of power poses, you know what power? Oh, you know what power poses yeah, are? Yeah, I just did one right now. What? <laughs> yeah. How do you know what, know power, what power poses are? Um, because I took psychology. Oh, you did? Oh, you guys talked about it in school? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how I know this, but <laughs> anyway, so power poses—they're uh, poses when you put yourself in a position to feel empowered, mm-hmm. and they actually boost your confidence. Confidence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Make you feel more empowered, like ready to go into a situation. Yes, exactly. So. Something as simple as having your hands on your hips, elbows flared out. That's like the Superman pose, mm-hmm. right? Um, sitting up tall in chairs, you mm-hmm. know, and even positive self-talk while you're in the like in the mirror, just talking, hyping yourself up. Yeah, you know, Give I don't me a do couple it. Of your but, positive affirmations for uh, the day. I don't have them. You I don't, do. Well, actually, you do no, no, talk no, to no, yourself. I so like, I hear you talking to yourself. Do I? You're like Dante, you got this. You always talk to yourself. Oh, I guess I do that yeah, kind yeah. of as a joke, but I just like I just do it anyways. Um, so I guess that is. I think that it is really what I do. does help you. It's okay. You can admit it. No, I never knew that. I never <laughs> knew that I do that to to get myself through it. Because I don't think I do it to get myself through it. I just say it, just okay. kind of. Yeah, okay. it's like when jokingly. I yeah, just jokingly. Because like sometimes you'll hear me um, in the garden and I bump into a spider. I'm like, oh no, fuck that! I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Uh-huh. Like, no, it doesn't help me. I'm still fucking scared. <laughs> but the whole Dante, you got this thing. That's kind of been my mentality ever since college mm-hmm. and that was put on this huge board kind of like a mood board or a what do they call those the our generation what would they call vision mood. like a vision, vision board, board yeah. so i had this big board in college i put it up on the wall in the middle it says you got this right mm-hmm. and the idea here was that my end goal is to graduate 
figure out my 10-year plan yeah. and get to the finish line, cross the finish line, right? Yeah. I had people come in and put motivational quotes, their own, all across the center that said, you got this. Okay. And then we use all those quotes to remind us, why are we living today? Why are we on this earth? What is our purpose, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what kind of helped me to push through any type of negative mindset that I place on myself. Whenever I thought that I couldn't accomplish something, mm-hmm. I had to go back to that board and realize like, this is my purpose. I'm serving a purpose yeah. to do better in this world and, do be- and to do better by people. So mm-hmm. yes, Miss Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> Just raised my hand. It reminded me of one November a couple years ago when my boss and I, we decided to do like a gratitude jar. Um, because it was the month of November. And so what we did was every day we would write one thing that we were thankful for, which like, it seems like very minuscule, you know, um, a very small task to do every day. And you're kind of like, okay, what's the point? But then at the end of the month of November, we just emptied out the jar with all of our notes and we went we read through each one. Mm-hmm. And then that right there was kind of like a, it was like a plethora of all these positive things in our life that we tend to forget, right? Because yes. like at the end of the day, I have a roof over my head. I have a full, um, a fridge full of food. I am healthy. My family is healthy. I have loving and supportive friends. I mean, the list goes on, mm-hmm. right? But again, again, with negativity bias, we just tend to focus on the negative we forget those positive things, even though we should be, re- we should remember those all the time. For sure. If not every day. I used to date someone that actually had one of those. Mm-hmm. She would put all of her. What, like a gratitude yeah, journal? Yeah, gratitude, or? no, a jar. It was okay. a jar. So she would put every good moment that happened oh, in okay. her life and put that in the jar. Uh-huh. I found out later that she did that. I was like, oh, that's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, I think that's one way to reflect on the year. Oh, yeah. To think about how many positive things have happened in your life and just to keep pushing mm-hmm. beyond the negative things that might be trying yeah. to be pushed on you by other people. With this negativity bias, I wonder how easy we forget about good moments. Sorry, that was like a random yeah. thought that I had. Yeah, I think we forget about them a lot. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, you know, with these steps to combat negative bias, negativity bias, you know, we compiled these based on three things that we come up with on our own. You covered one Mm -hmm. of them. Um, We also have take a break and ease your mind. You know, sometimes it is better and it makes life a lot easier if you step away from what's bothering you or what's holding you back and doing something that you enjoy. Going for a walk, running a workout, playing sports, Mm -hmm. calling up a friend, going out to eat. Just clear your mind. Oh my God. Come back to it, whatever's bothering you. Mm -hmm. Figure out a solution if you can. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Doing a mindless activity. That's what I do. I still don't know what that is, but... I like watching TV, watching a movie where you don't really well, have to. Sorry. Not that I don't know what it oh. is. I still don't know how to do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I try I try to... Do, I really try to sit in front of the TV and watch. You, I can't do it. Hold on. You don't... Oh, sorry. No, no. TikTok. Okay. Yeah, That's so I that is, that is my mindless activity, Which but... is crazy because TikTok has so much stimuli, so what do you mean? Yeah, so the, also <laughs> the problem is that if there's something that's... Inform- if there's something that I can learn from a TikTok video, yeah. I will watch it. So I'm not really just like leisurely watching. Yeah. I'm just skipping through shit that's unimportant. That's not important. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still working on that. Where mm-hmm. a mindless activity, I can't. No, do yeah. It yet. Yeah, no. It just made me think like scrolling on our phones, like on Instagram or something. Yeah. But at the same time, that that's still so much stimuli coming in. 
and we process so fast. Okay, but that's like not about this topic. Well, I mean, like some people do mindless scrolling. Yeah. Like you're not paying attention, you're just scrolling. But yeah, yeah like even on YouTube, I can't watch no. random videos. I try to. No. I try to watch clips of The Office. Like and I'm slapping. <laughs> no, but I'm still thinking about business. So yeah. that, that is, for me, it's tough. But if you can do it, take a break. Ease your mind. Find something mindless to do, like Michelle says, and then get back to it. And then our last, well, not the last one. I've got one after that. We didn't add in here. But reflect on positive moments. It's going to be really important. It's going to be tough because our brain, like we mentioned earlier, tends to react a lot faster and stores the information whenever we get a negative stimuli. So we've got to find a way to recall anything that's positive, that's relatable to whatever the situation may be, in order to combat this whole storage of negative information. And number four, I would say, like, figure out why is this information getting to you? And why are you reacting this way? And that one's, like, going to be really tough because you have to do a lot of self-reflection, but it's going to be really important to figure that out because... Without understanding why you react, you're not going to be able to stop the reaction. It's going to keep happening over and over and over. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. Yeah. So with all of this being said, I'm going to ask you the question again. On a scale of 1 to 10, how are we feeling after this talk? I'm at like, a, I'm at like an 8, maybe, you know? Okay, because earlier, <laughs> I was at in eight. the beginning of the episode, you were like seven or eight yeah, out of ten, you're, yeah. so you're still an eight. Okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to bump my four to like a five. Yeah, she's content, y'all, <laughs> she's content, okay. Which again is like, you know, it's not bad, I'm like right in the middle. I'm right in the middle, we just have some things to work on, but you know what, it's going to be okay, because that's life. All right, so on that note, do you think you're going to take any strategies to approach any negative vibes that might be thrown your way yeah i am gonna be more aware of my negative thoughts and i'm just gonna reframe my thinkings and focus on the positives nice nice i think for me what i'm gonna do is be more intentional with understanding someone else's approach to passing information on to me because not everybody is able to communicate the way that I want them to communicate to me, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes they might try to relay some constructive criticism mm -hmm. or they might have a perception of me and it might just come off negative and I'm going to hold that against them for a long time. So I'm working on doing better with that. And also how am I going to take the negative information to be a better person and show up better the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So hopefully today's episode was helpful for you guys because... You know, we're still working on shaking that negativity bias ourselves, and hopefully we helped you guys out to shake it off as well. Um, but just remember, we all have different journeys in life, right? What may be right for me might not be right for you, and vice versa. We're hoping this episode enlightened you and inspired you to bring up these types of conversations with your community. And hoping that you can be a part of our community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and to follow us on Instagram at life.ini. And that's a wrap on this episode. Catch you guys next time. Until next time.